2: and welcome to AI Extra this is the post match show for Liverpool 3 PSG 2 good god what a weird game and joining me to go through this game is the returning Ollie Emerson who's been away pretty much all the summer and he has what are we gonna say? Blessed, blessed me with his presence on this podcast. Yeah, I think
3: it's uh, you, you really, you really are lucky to be honest. I've decided to, you know, come and come and help you out, lend my uh, lend my blessed thoughts to us and grace you with my presence even. But no, it's uh, great to be on. Thanks for having me after a very, very
2: nice win. Absolutely, absolutely. And joining us is Leanne Prescott. How are you doing, Leanne?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, buzzing with the result and uh, good to be on to discuss it.
2: Good stuff. And joining us as well is my, pretty much he was a regular on the Champions League podcasts last year, so I thought I'd get him back on, is Sam Evans. How are you doing, Sam?
0: Really good, thanks, mate. It's just so nice to have the Champions League back, isn't it?
2: Well. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, especially after that result. It was going, <laughs> it was going the wrong way for a second there. But, um, yeah, what what a, what a bloody game that was. Really was. And, and Sam, I'll stick with you and we'll, we'll get, we'll go through the ball and stuff like we do every post-match or the team news. Um, obviously we see Henderson come back into the midfield for Naby, and Sturridge replaces the, I'm gonna quote Infinity War here, the beautiful pirate angel that is Bobby Firmino. Um, <laughs> Uh, they're the two changes we've seen. Were you, were you happy with the changes?
0: Yeah, really happy, to be honest, mate. It, it's, it's clear now that we've, we've got a squad and it's something that we need to put our trust in. You know, I've been really surprised with the amount of negativity that's been out about Henderson recently. You know, I know he's not perfect and he's not maybe the ideal captain, and people are releasing videos, you know, dissing him and everything after we've just won five games out of five. <laughs> you know, personally, there's a time and a place for Henderson. As long as they're using him in the right way, he can be extremely effective as he's shown today. So when I saw the team, I was really excited to see Sturridge in the lineup. I just you know, was praying he wouldn't break and you know, put a good performance in. So, you know, I was happy with that. And I thought it's a necessity with uh, Firmino's eye injury, obviously. And, you know, I think Kate has been a bit hot and cold recently. He's looking really good, but I thought, Time for Henderson, and uh, so yeah, mate. I, I was really happy with the starting lineup, to be honest.
2: Good stuff. And same question to you, then, Leon. Were you happy with the team?
1: Yeah, I was. I, I didn't really expect it to to be any different to what it was. Um, I know a lot of people were discussing it, like pre-match, and saying, you know, "Why, why would Jordan Henderson come in for such a big game? He's had a poor start to the season. It, it doesn't make sense, especially when you were looking at Leicester away, where the midfield didn't really have any." Creativity or ingenuity about it. Um, but, but for me, it kind of did make sense. I thought Cater wasn't that great against Spurs. Um, you know, he's still adapting to the system, to the style that Klopp is implementing. And Jordan Henderson, he is England captain, he is Liverpool captain. He has got experience. He did well in the Champions League last season. And so to come in and do a job like he did was, was fantastic. Um, and then you obviously had Daniel Sturridge coming in. A little bit more unexpected that one. I, I would have, Potentially seen Klopp going for Shakiri and then moving Salah into the middle. But again, um, someone like Sturridge, he's ruthless in front of goal. And that's exactly what you need on these type of Champions League nights. So pretty positive starting eleven, And, you know, you look at that bench and you see the depth that Liverpool have got this season. And it speaks volumes in terms of how far the club has come
2: yeah yeah I agree with pretty much everything you said there. I think you point on um Kater as well. He wasn't the best against Spurs, especially in the defensive point of view um and well, I didn't really want to see mbappe one on one with anyone um but yeah, I think it was the right decision overall, and the result shows why and ollie i'll i I'll move away from the team news with with you and um we'll come to the start of the game and I think it was the first few minutes we saw Neymar literally skin. It must have been four or five people, just pretty much all the midfield, and then just went from um, left to right. W- were you worrying at that point that maybe they they were going to show us a different class that we haven't played this season? I was worried at the
3: fact that Neymar was sort of dropping inside and either picking the ball up completely sort of unmarked between the defensive midfield or picking the ball up behind the midfield and then skipping past them as if they weren't even there. Uh, and then we decided to get about 17 corners in the space of five minutes, which took the pressure off significantly. We could not really do anything with them, but I think I, I think we I, I think we had seven corners in the first ten minutes, six or seven corners, and that sort of helped us respond to the first few minutes where Neymar was sort of floating about as if he owned the only place. Pushed PSG back a bit, and I think that's what helped us kick on and sort of uh, dominate the ball in the first half, which sort of led led obviously to the opening goal coming from uh, Sturridge.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and and Leanne, coming to you on this one. Um, what 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 did you think of the start of the game? Because for for me personally, I was a bit worried how we started.
1: I think it was actually for me. I I thought it was a decent start. I think it was kind of end to end stuff. But the midfield seemed to have a lot more energy about it. You know, there was evidence of our pressing game, which hasn't always been evidence. Um, at in terms of the league campaign, we've had a a relatively um. You know, we're still very much in second gear. Yes, we've won five from five and that's fantastic. But this Liverpool team hasn't really hit its heights yet. Um, so for me personally, I was actually quite impressed by the energy of that midfield. I thought the defence seemed to have a little bit of a steeliness about it. And, um, yeah, I mean, it took us time to grow into the game. But when we did, we kept Mbappe and, and Neymar quiet for large majorities of it. Obviously, um, Mbappe did get a goal in the end. But I thought naturally with someone like Firmino, who is so important to the way we play there was always going to be a slight um you know drop off initially but yeah we we grew into it and we did well
2: yeah yeah absolutely i, I agree with that um apart from the midfield i think maybe had a slow start but they definitely grew into it um but some we obviously talked about the starting 11 there and, and and um you you mentioned that Henderson's obviously a bit of a Divisive figure on in football in Liverpool Twitter, I should say. Um, he obviously got skinned a couple of times, or he, he lost a couple fifty-fifties. Were you thinking, oh no, here comes the uh, Liverpool Twitter going to be all of all on his back throughout the game? Yeah,
0: well, that that run you were referring to with Neymar, you know, even though he looked really sharp at that point, and and he did get past a number of players. He was just going sideways, you know. He was just crabbing from left wing to right wing. And I know he nearly tried to put Mbappe through. But, you know, you you knew these guys can just pull something out of the bag on the day. So, as long as Liverpool were going to be nice and, and steady and stable at the back, they would do all they possibly can. If they score a worldie, they score a worldie. It's out of your hands, you know. So, you know, I wasn't too worried. And I actually thought Henderson put some really big tackles in and interceptions in in the first half mm. and I thought he was actually really really good in the first half he, he he really did break up a lot of their attacks before they managed to actually start them off um so yeah personally I'm expecting you know I've, I've seen things on Twitter again saying they hate this midfield trio but at the end of the day despite this being our apparent worst midfield three I think our midfield was the dominant one of the two sides. So, um, he can't be all that bad. So I, I just think why be so negative about the guy? He's the captain of the club. You know, I, I don't think he's perfect. I think he will be slowly, you know, edged out of the team over the next couple of years, but he, at this moment in time, he's still very much part of the starting lineup. And, you know, we just got to get behind the guy. And he's proved today that he can do the biz on a big occasion.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, Leanne, I'll come, I'll come to you on this one. Obviously, it, it was a, we grew into the half quite strongly and quite quickly. And, and before the goal, um, Sam mentioned that, uh, Henderson specifically, but the midfield really did take a, take a big strong foothold in the game, didn't they? They just looked to dominate the middle of the park.
1: Yeah, and particularly given it was the same personnel as that Leicester away game, which we've sort of touched on already. Um, Jordan Henderson had a very, very bad performance that day as as the number six, and a lot of people quite rightly were saying, you know, that's not his position. He shouldn't be that defensive cover. Genie did really well against Spurs, and so a lot of people wanted to see him continue there. Um, and and when Henderson's name was in the team, you were thinking, oh God, is this going to be sort of um, back to back to the Leicester game where the midfield didn't really click. I thought they were all really good James Milner never stopped running he never does don't know what he's drinking if it, if it is just Ribena then wow I need to get some of that <laughs> um Genie fantastic again um he, he looks a lot better this season he looks a lot more confident on the ball and in possession a little bit more uh composed as well and Henderson I think given the amount of stick he gets and and particularly after that Leicester game and and all the pressure he's got on his shoulders. I thought to come into a game like that and perform as he did was fantastic. And, you know, that that's the time where you want your captain to really step up. He's not had a, a great season so far. He's been very much in and out of the team and, and seems to still be recovering and getting his fitness back. Um, but, yeah, I thought he was fantastic. And he set the tempo right from the off uh, in terms of his pressing, which really galvanised the team.
2: Yeah, for me on Henderson, the best thing for me was that we we saw the net, the uh, the midfield still flowing, like we saw when Ginny plays the six. I mean, I think it's been a criticism that um, a couple of the the under pressure lads have spotted that when when Henderson plays the six, he kind of hogs the ball in comparison to Ginny. And I think this I'm not sure what the stats actually say, but th- in this game, he just seemed to. Rotate quite a lot more, and, and we we saw Milner. Well, he helped out the left back quite a bit, but we saw Ginny and Hendo get their fair share of um, time in the number six today, and I I quite like that. And that's that's always been a criticism of of uh, for me of Henderson that he he, d- he does stand on the centre backs toes, And Ollie, um, what what were your thoughts on Henderson? Because he is a he is a controversial figure in in our fan base, isn't he? Yeah, I'm
3: probably more anti-Henderson than uh, Sam and Leanne, but not in that. Harsh way. I just think that it comes to a point where we've got be- players to utilise better in our system. But I thought he was all right tonight. I think, I think something that the team as a whole did was it was similar to what we did in the first leg against Roma last season in the semi-final. I, I, I think you'll probably be able to remember where we didn't play through midfield that much. We went yeah. over the top and got in behind, or we went out wide. And what Henderson. And the rest of the field's about, well, after Ron Henderson. I thought Henderson did quite well was get, get the ball and look to open his body up and get it out wide to Trent or out wide to Andy Robertson, rather than, you know, just give it back to the centre backs a bit too easily as he's very fairly often accused of at times or being too complicated and playing through. And I don't know if that's something that they've taken on themselves in the field or it was a game plan as such to not try and work it through PSG's sort of quite compact seven bodies behind the staff and the front three. But there were a few times in the first half where Henderson sort of sh- shuffle and knock it wide to Trent more often than Robert. Um, that I was impressed by and yeah I think I think there were other times in the first half where he wasn't offering himself quite enough which is something I accuse him of a lot but I think he, he was better with that the second half Um we'll get on to their second goal uh, in a little while but I, well, I wouldn't pin too much blame on him for that but again I said we'll speak, I'm sure we'll get to that eventually but yeah I'd say obviously we are on about the team news before and when I saw that Henderson was starting ahead with uh I wasn't too pleased and it's still I'd, I'd still say that I think Liverpool would have had a more comfortable evening if we'd have gone with Genie in the six and gone ahead but like we say this is why we have a squad. So we can use these. Like, Jordan Henson is still a top level player, regardless of how, sort of, where exactly you think he should be in the pecking order or how good you think he is. He's still a pretty top midfielder. And if you can bring him in and still get a result whilst resting the likes of Nabi, and obviously Fabinho is still to come in, we've got Oxlade Chamberlain, who's hopefully somewhere sun himself in America, still recovering. It really shows that we can, as a result of that, compete on multiple levels this season as to where, whether last season we sort of sacrificed anyone at not necessarily anyone at the league, but anyone at second place behind the record breaking city for the Champions League, which is something I don't think we're gonna to have to do this season because we can do things like bring Henderson in, drop cater, and still, you know, beat overwhelmingly the best team in France. Not not comfortably because of the way it panned out, but with a sort of comfortable performance. Should,
2: should have been comfortably, let be honest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it. It was not a
3: comfortable win, but it was a com- it was a comfortable performance without that yeah. comfortable win, if that's like we didn't have to work too hard until the last minute. And then yeah. for me, I you know, took care of it.
2: Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. I I think I've noted it quite well in the agenda how we're going to cover Bobby, <laughs> uh, but we'll get to that. And and Leon, um, coming at you on this one, uh, we saw against Spurs, um, our new corner tactic is put Van Dyke, who's the biggest man in the planet, um, in front of goalkeepers, and we saw that continue today. I mean, it wasn't as successful today because we forgot how to beat the first man today. But are, are you liking this new Tony Pulis tactic?
1: Yeah, I am. I think it gives us an extra edge in terms of set pieces, which we've not really been been good at for a while now. Uh, last season, we obviously took a took a step up. But I think when you've got someone like Van Dijk in the side, who is so aerially dominant, you want to utilise that at every opportunity. Um, of course, that didn't really happen against PSG. And, you know, we, we should have made more of those chances. But I do think that's something Klopp has looked at and he's addressed and he's thought, There's so many aspects to this attack. There's so many things this team are good at. But actually, if we can really nail down the set pieces as well, Joe Gomez isn't exactly a a small guy either. You've got Fabinho to come in. And so if you can really crack down on those set pieces, make the most of them, then that gives you just another edge.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, It's always good having that extra extra thing thing in your repertoire i mean as you said set pieces haven't been our strongest point of view i really well the last person i remember scoring off a lot of set pieces was martin skirtle but he couldn't like defend um so that that's always a plus <laughs> um so yeah we'll, we'll find we'll finally come to the first goal we've got the boring stuff out the way and sam i'll start with you on this the first goal uh, i'm probably one of daniel Sturge's biggest fans and i'm so happy that he bloody scored
0: I'm I'm with you there, mate. I'm I'm massively team sturridge and I'm just praying for him to have a you know an injury free season for the first time in I, I don't know how long. So I was so so happy to see him nod that goal in, seeing his smiling face, and then I was just shouting, you know, do the dance, get the dance out, see him smiling again, see him looking happy, and you know, what a ball in from Robbo, I gotta say. The ball it was Trent that made the first cross and it kind of carries through to Robinson and, um, uh, Robertson. And, uh, fair play to him. He didn't even take a touch. He just crossed it in and it's absolutely pinpoint. And it, it's a, it's a cracking little header from Sturridge. And I'm just so, so happy for the guy. And, you know, fingers crossed now this will give him the boost that he needs. And whenever we do have these needs to actually rest some of the players up front, you know, maybe we'll get on to Salah in a bit, but I think he could have done with the rest today the way he played. Um, we've got the full confidence that Sturridge can step in now and he can still do a job.
2: Yeah, that, I think that's the most Im- important takeaway from it, really. And Oli, coming to you, your th- your thoughts on the on the goal?
3: Yeah, I think I think it's a really impressive goal. I mean, you'll you'll we'll look back at it and that, but sort of just casual observers say, oh, well, it's just a decent cross and a good header, but. It's a really good cross from Roberts in the sense that you just see him, if you watch the replay, just his body a couple of times before he gets because It's his first time to whip it back in with such pace, just so it dips over the defender's head. And Sturridge actually, I'm sure like, Sturridge should score. Sturridge be kick himself and doesn't score. But it does just about dip in time to get past the defender that's ahead of Sturridge. I think it was Silva, but I can't quite, it might have been Kimpembe actually. And then Sturridge, so Sturridge is... But His vision's blurred slightly, like in Pembe, like he might be in his mind's might half the chance he's going to head it away, but half the chance he's going to be ready. But even then, as it flies past the defender, you've still got to react to it. He reacted really well, not to make a mess of it. Good, firm header into the net. As long as it doesn't randomly like hit the keeper in somewhere sort of in the centre of his body, it's flying in And there's one later on that Sturridge. It's the same thing that's where Sturridge should score, and he sort of mm. nods it into his arm from Trent's cross, and Trent will be fuming that uh, Sturridge didn't put that away because that had made it three-one. equally that's sort of what I say when I mean that. It's a hard head than it looks in the sense that whilst you, the striker has got time to react to it, it's only a split second in which the ball, that he knows the ball's beating the defender. That happened then later on when it, with it the chance the storage couldn't get it right, but got it bang on for the first one, and drilled home ahead. But like, like you were saying, mate, like it's a really great moment for him, obviously. He hasn't started a Champions League game since he was at Chelsea in think, 2012, obviously. His sort of peak years at Liverpool, he weren't in the Champions League and then well, he was injured under Rodgers. Last season, obviously for obvious reasons, the front three were just so on fire he didn't get in and then obviously he was on loan in the second half of the season. And then I think he'll regret hugely going on loan to West Brom because he got injured, it didn't really work out and he'd have probably been the man to come on in the Champions League final for Salah if he'd have been there. And I think he's really sort of knuckled down this season and embraced his role in the squad, probably his last season in the club. I think he's just determined to enjoy it and contribute in the way that he can. And it's just a really nice moment for him to thump the header in and get us off to a good start in Champions League.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And as you said in the second half, he has that other one. He's never been famed for his heading prowess. Let's be honest, but no, he scored not. this one. That'll do me. Um, but Leanne, coming at you, your your thoughts on the goal and Daniel Sturridge a bit more expanded? Because do, do you think he's shown enough that he can be a part of the front three rotation, or do you think he's definitely? Well, I don't want to say Solanke slash Origi, but do you think think he's more of an important part? uh, Showing that he's more important part of the squad now?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, that all the talk was obviously in pre-season. He had really, really good form um, and it kind of seemed like he was rejuvenated. I was one of the people that was kind of getting ahead of myself because, as you said at the start, you love Daniel Sturridge. I love Daniel Sturridge. Everyone loves Daniel Sturridge. Um, and everyone seems to really brighten up when he scores. Everyone wants him to score and do well when he's on the pitch. Um, I think tonight he showed that he can be a really crucial asset despite those injuries. I think if he can maintain some kind of fitness, some kind of consistency, which is always the the uh, question mark over Daniel Sturridge, then I think Jurgen Klopp will use him in these type of situations. Um, of course, Firmino had picked up that eye injury, but Tonight, he showed that he was perfectly capable of coming in and and doing a job for the team. Question marks have always been around his work rate. There could be no question marks tonight about that. He was really, really good, kept on running throughout uh, and putting a shift defensively off the ball, which is something we've not always seen from him. And, you know, you're looking at that goal and that's typical vintage Sturridge. He peels off the defender. They're both static and he's there with that movement. Sharp, back of the net, great header. Boom, 1-0. Um And he did it throughout the game. He had another great chance. It comes off his shoulder. He should have probably scored that one. Um But yeah, I, I think it was a perfect indication of what he can add to this side if he stays fit. And, you know, Rigi and Solanke getting injured as well, that just kind of shows that how important he is in terms of the pecking order.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's just music to my ears, I mean, I think I said in one of the chats, it may be harsh, but let's be honest, Sturridge is, he's better than Solanke and Origi combined in my mind, so I'm just glad that he's already played a part so early on in the season, and I think, some, I think someone else pointed out that he's had like two goals in like half an hour game time now, which is just great, yeah. <laughs> Um. but Sam, what are your thoughts on, on Sturridge overall, and do you think he's... You can now trust him a bit more. Well, you can always trust him, but do you think you can trust his body to play one game a week, let's say?
0: Yeah, the thing I was curious about before the game was how he would deal with the pressing element of the game because obviously Firmino takes a centre stage when it comes to that kind of thing. And one thing I noticed that what they seemed to do was kind of let him drop back in a bit deeper and let Marnie and Sala do a lot of the hard work when it came to that. And it, it did kind of remind me, you know, that recent well, it wasn't an interview, it was on BT Sport with um, Michael Owen discussing his injury and when he was playing. And he kind of had to adapt to playing because of his injury and he wasn't able to do some of the things that he could do before. Well, you know, I, I felt a bit of a I, I could see a bit of that with Sturridge sometimes when he was holding back and and being more sensible with his movement, which is totally fine because we had the other guys in there to be able to make it work. So I thought it was it was a good way to kind of compromise. And when rather than being the, the focal point when it came to the press, he had Marnie then kind of coming in and he would drop a bit deeper. So it was kind of a workaround. It's a slight concern that, you know, when it comes to the crunch, you need to be at your absolute sharpest and be able to go absolutely flat out for a chance. And like Mike Lowen was saying when he was in Newcastle, he was basically not making runs by the end because he was so worried he'd pull his hamstring or get the injury again. I'm hoping we're not in that position with Sturridge. It's looking much, much better at the moment. I just think that they're being a lot more sensible with some of the things he's doing. You know, So they're just not making him make these insane amount of presses that maybe some of the other players will do because they don't want to break the guy's body. So it, it looks like they're managing it really, really well. They might have learned some lessons from the mistakes they've been making over the last three or four years. And, you know, he's looking really, really happy. I don't know if you guys noticed, when Sturridge did score the goal, the camera cut to Firmino and he was beaming and he was full of smiles, Firmino. Uh, I it, I don't know whether that was actually you know, him being really happy for Sturridge. I'd like to think that's what it was. It might have been a bit of, well, I'm going to have to go on and score myself now. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's really, really positive. You know, I can't think of any negatives to come out of Sturridge being back. Um, you know, a lot of people were saying we have to get rid of him. He's on too much money. There is no better striker in this Liverpool squad outside of the starting 11. So if this guy can keep around the, keep around the squad, he seems happy and he seems to know his position in the squad now. I'm, I'm more than happy to have him at the club, and I think he, you know he could score some very vital goals before the end of the season.
2: Yeah, already has. Let's be honest. Yeah, um, but we'll we'll move on um, from Sturridge because I mean I could just do forty-five minutes on him, and I'm sure you three could as well. But um, Ollie coming to you, uh, we we touched on Henderson quite a bit in depth there. But what what did you make of the other two midfielders? Because I thought they were pretty. I felt midfield as a whole was pretty damn excellent.
3: Um. Genie, I was really impressed with, thought that was a bit meh when I saw that he was, that obviously the midfield, i mentioned about the selection, but it wasn't mm-hmm. just the Henson player, it's also Genie in the eight, must much prefer to in the six now. Um, but no, I thought he was good, he seems to relish the big games, as he often did, yeah. sort of during his debut season here. Um, I thought he was the best in mid- of the midfield in terms of getting on the ball and progressing it forward through the middle when we were looking most, to go out wide and whatnot, Um, did his, Defensive stuff diligently as well as normally you come to expect out of him. Pressed well, uh, Milner I think was a bit careless with possession in times in the first half, but I thought his defensive work was really impressive. I think what well, I think Milner is sort of embracing his role as essentially in big games, essentially Liverpool's midfield enforcer, which seems strange to say when you think of this like you know Ribena drinking crossword doing sort of aging midfielder, but he's developed this sort of uncanny knack that we haven't seen since probably Mascherano was at the club. Or Gerrard used to be good at it until he lost his legs. But he's got this uncanny knack of knowing when he's able to make a challenge early on without picking up a yellow card or even occasionally without giving a foul that he really sets the tone. There was one um, there was one last season, actually, when we were 1-0 for Porto. And he thumps into the bloke, wins the ball. The ref doesn't give anything. And he's there thinking, oh, a bit of a And then he kills it in off the post. And Salah like, scores that crazy solo goal to make it 2-0. And there was one that he did early on, early on Neymar tonight where he just goes through him down the sides. So I, oh, I think he just taps him out. A it's a that's, it's It's phenomenal. And all these years, a few years ago, when you know you've got people crying out for Liverpool need a true midfield enforcer to come in. And then when we signed Fabinho, it's like, well, he's a really good defensive midfielder, but is that is that crazy mad, you know, mad bastard enforcer that we need to come thump into people? You don't need that. You just need someone that just one person. Milner does it so well that sort of can adapt himself. The situation to be clever enough to be like right, this is my chance. Bang into Neymar. See you later. And then Neymar's a fairly quiet game because of it, and Milner can stroll around. Because like you know what people say, like he is going to get older. He is he's, he's aging now. He's not as fast as he used to be. But even despite that, he's still adapting and finding ways to become vital. That's one of the best in Europe, and his ageing to do that is really impressive. Like like I say, just it's those little things like just smashing Neymar already on, I'm making a good tackle, keeping simple on the ball that. Sort of contributed, to, you know, another really impressive
2: game for you them. Know? Yeah, there's definitely a Terminator prequel in there where, Jay, where it's just James Milner like drinking Rybina for an hour and a half. Definitely, I'd go to see that. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch
3: I'd,
2: that. I'd, 100%, I'd watch that. But um, Leon, I've just I've just spotted the time, and I think we've got a few things to get through, so we'll, we'll try and get through um a couple other things uh, quickly. So we'll we'll move on to the second goal and the penalty. I mean. Do you know what that left-back was doing? Because I don't.
1: (laughs) I think, um, yeah, I I mean, I don't know what he was doing, but before the game, a lot of people were talking about how that was potentially PSG's weakness. Um, He came in, I think he came in from Bayern Munich and he hadn't really played very much. And um, he played against St Etienne and he was very, very rusty, very poor. And so that was kind of going into the game, the area Liverpool were probably looking to expose more than anything, um, and I think, you know, they, they did that with the penalty. He kind of was very, very rash in the challenge. Credit to Genie. He makes the most of it, but there is definite contact there. Um, there's no doubt about that. But sometimes, you know, you've got to really extend and throw your body on the ground for the referee to actually give the decision. Um, but, but yeah, I think, you know, once we get that penalty, James Milner's not going to make a mistake. He's old, reliable from the spot. He's a bit like Stevie G in that sense. He doesn't really ever miss them. Um, and yeah, from, from then, Liverpool were in a really, really good position. You're thinking, OK, we're going to kick on here, a bit like Spurs at the weekend. And sadly, we had loads and loads of chances. We didn't quite put them in the back of the net and, and things kind of got a little bit more hairy than they needed to be with those uh, equalisers. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of the penalty, Liverpool did well to get it. Uh, they exposed PSG's weaknesses and um, pressed them well. And I think that's that's sort of how the penalty came about because... We were just crowding them so much in midfield. Uh, Genie's able to therefore get the ball, break into the box. Um, and from there, as I said, Milner's not going to make any mistakes. So I think overall it, it just comes back to this wider picture of the pressing was there, the energy was there, the desire was there, and it all worked out in the end. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
2: And, and Sam, coming to you, um, just your thoughts on uh, Genie winning the penalty – and if I remember correctly, last season we spent a good few of these pods mentioning who the hell's going to be our penalty taker, because I remember us missing a few. But um, are you happy that Milner's started the season on him?
0: Yeah, Milner's shown that he's probably our best penalty taker. It's just we didn't think that he'd be in the starting lineup much uh, this season anymore, especially since we've signed, you know, Kate... Uh, and we got uh, Fabinho as well so we probably thought that he wouldn't be playing very often so we better get one of the front three to take pens or someone that's going to be starting every game um thankfully he, Milner's been excellent at this start of the season I don't know what's happened to the guy I think maybe we're seeing the benefit of getting a better squad where the boys are really up in their games and I'm I'm seeing the, the these guys that have been written off previously Milner, Henderson, even Wijnaldum as well. They're really stepping up to the plate. So, um, in regards to Wijnaldum, I thought he was brilliant today. Um, When it came to the penalty itself, he was was just really clever. He just knocked it past the guy and just waited for the contact and went down. And he didn't even claim for it. I don't know if you noticed, he shot straight back up because he thought, if I don't get the pen, I'm going to tackle the guy anyway. (laughs) Um, So, he, he was on fire today, I thought, Wijnaldum. And it was an absolute stonewall penalty. I loved how the guy, the Juan Bernat, he was really yeah. desperately trying to, <laughs> to claim to the referee that he hadn't touched him. And the replay shows he just shunts him straight in the shin, goes down. It was a stonewall penalty, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. I think it's just worse because I'm sure there was three people like surrounding Judy as well, yeah. and he was but- going away from goal. It's just like... There's no danger
0: at all, was there?
2: <laughs> it's like you're playing begin- you're playing um, beginner on FIFA. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's one of them. Yeah. But um, Ollie, coming to you, uh, I'm gonna have to give you the bad one of their goal. I know it was offside, but it was a bit sloppy, wasn't it?
3: Their first goal. Yeah.
2: Um. Yeah. It was. It was
3: just a bit uh, like Virgil could maybe do a bit better. Robertson very be better positions. Um. It's just a bit like. It's it's just one of them, isn't it, that you normally get away with, but you never want to see it bounce off someone's leg in the area to an opposition shirt. And you know you've got to give credit to Mounier. it's a, it's a really good, it's a really good hit. Mm. Swivels on his left foot. No one's expecting to score that. Um, but yeah, that was it. it. Sort of. I think that was essentially PSG's game plan. It seemed. It seemed like they were scared of our counterattacking, and what so tried to do was literally leave seven men back, leave his three... St- led to a poor performance in the sense that the midfield and attack was so disjointed that they couldn't really do much with the ball. And then it literally seemed like they just wanted to sit in, try and nick a goal out of just someone's genius, which kind of it turned out it to be, just nobody really expected to be the right back. And then they sort of went from there. But yeah, like, it's one of them where you could probably look at it and say, he could have done a bit better, he could have done a bit better. But, you know, balls fly into there and come off horses and knees and legs like 10 times during the game. And not every time someone knocks in a banger on the left foot on the volley. So sometimes I think it's one of them where you you're going to drive yourself crazy if you don't just hold your hands up and say, you know, it's a stunning goal and go from there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But, um, Leon, ultimately, it was offside, wasn't it? So, is it kind of getting a bit annoying that the goals we in just tend to be coming from, well, either refereeing mistakes or our own downfall or our own creation, let's say? Yeah, it
1: is. Of course it is, and it's always annoying when... An af- official affects a game like that Um, but at the end of the day you know we've got to take it with a pinch of salt we did have some decisions our way uh, during the course of the season so far in the league so it kind of works both ways I'm not saying that it's it's not frustrating but at the end of the day in this instance it didn't affect the outcome of the game of course it could have but for Firmino um, but but yeah I think the the main thing is from our end we can't we can't change the officials uh, stance on things unfortunately. Actually, they don't seem to to really be improving um, and, and you're always going to kind of get this, um, these errors cropping up. But from, from our point of view, yeah, I think def- defensively, potentially we could have been a little bit better. I know um, it's kind of unlucky for Robertson that it bounces off him, but maybe he could be a bit more alive to the situation, a bit more, you know, his, his positioning, the way he's positioned his body when that cross is coming in. Um, but that's, that's probably just me nitpicking. I think this, the second goal for PSG is where you're looking and you're thinking, okay, defending probably should have been a bit better there. I know Salah gives the ball away very cheaply, but even when he gives it away, we've got Milner there, we've got Van Dyke there, we've got Gomez there. There was a few opportunities to, to intercept that ball. And Milner, I, I love the guy and we've praised him. I think he had a brilliant game. He potentially could have done a little bit better. And uh, Neymar just seemed to waltz past him. And then Van Dijk as well. Uh, but again, you've got to take it with a pinch of salt. Sometimes when you're playing against likes Neymar and Mbappe, they they just when they get in those situations, they're very, very hard to stop. Um, but in terms of the refereeing, yeah, it's, it's frustrating, but there's nothing we can really do about it. So we just got to focus on our end and, and keeping tight at the back and trying to prevent the the opportunities, which which I thought we did well.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and Sam, we're going to fast forward a smidge, and we're going to get into the second half, and um, it, it starts off kind of similarly to the to the first half, to be fair, and um, we, well, we thought we scored a goal, and it, it kind of became a point of debate, but do you think someone slide tackling a goalkeeper in the testicles is a foul?
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to get on to that, Um Initially, I was like, oh, he got the ball. But then when you do see his, he studs up and he catches the guys. Well, he catches him straight in the balls, didn't he? Let's be honest. Yeah. And, uh, he goes down like a sack of, you know what? And I, I don't know what the rule is there. Is it because it studs up? You have to give the foul. Um, it, cause this follow through was pretty nasty, to be honest with you. And it, and it looks like it's the official behind the goal that gave it as a foul. And I don't know if you noticed that you could see the official in the background on the TV coverage. And when he was talking to the ref at one point, you could see him actually holding his balls as well. And I think, <laughs> I think that's something that blokes do sometimes unconsciously when they, when they see something Simp- like
2: that. Sympathy pains.
0: <laughs> they feel like they better protect the area, you know, uh, just in case Sturridge goes and does him as well. But, um, yeah, with that disallow goal, the frustrating thing about it is, it was the miscontrol by Sturridge yeah. that, that made it a chance for the keeper to recover in the first place. He's going to be so so disappointed that he didn't manage to control that first time, and just tuck it away, and it wouldn't have been an issue, you know. Um, same thing with his the other one as well, where he's 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 totally fluffed the header. So you know, two really good chances for goals there. We were a bit unlucky with it being disallowed, but I can totally see why. You've caught the guy with studs in the balls. (laughs) So I think that's probably considered a foul, but even if it's in the follow-through, I'm not 100% sure to be honest
2: with you, mate. I might as well ask the the other two as well. Leanne, do you think it it was rightfully disallowed?
1: I do, I do. Um, I think... Uh, Sam is spot on. I think when I watched it initially, I was a little bit, Oh, you know, that, that seems quite harsh. What's he actually done there? He's obviously gone in for the ball as you would if you were in that situation. But I think you can see that he does actually catch the goalkeeper. It's frustrating. But, um, you know, from a referee point of view, if there is contact there that's potentially put the goalkeeper in, in danger, um, you know, you, you've got to be careful in those type of situations and, um, I can see why why it was given as a free kick. It's annoying because I don't think Salah had a very good game again, and so the the goal probably would have done him uh, the world of good in terms of confidence and just continuing that momentum. While he's he's not playing well, he's still impacting and influencing the game quite heavily in terms of the league. Um, and so it would have been nice to see him on the score sheet tonight. But yeah, I, c- I can totally agree and see where the referee's coming from with that one.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair enough. And Ollie, just for argument's sake, what, what do you reckon? I, I,
3: I, I completely contradict everything that's just said. I think it's a decent tackle. If he hits him anywhere else but the balls, then, <laughs> it's, then it counts. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not that bad. He gets the ball. Like, regardless of whether the keeper's taken one in the balls or not, he's not getting to Salah to save it. Uh, but I can see why he's given it, but I reckon he's bolted it, but I, I personally think it should have been
0: given, but maybe I'm just more biased than the rest of the, you. Know. yeah. It did, you know if, set, but. Did, did you know? Did you know The the linesman was waving saying goal, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he was yeah, already right.
3: halfway I
0: mean, down. Yeah, the linesman yeah. sure. Oh, he's a good lad. i think that's the first time I've seen the guy behind the goal actually do something. I was going to say,
2: the <laughs> first time one of them does something in a yeah. <laughs> and, it's a joke. and it's our game, it's Yeah. goal. do balls. Yeah, that, that's why they're just there for ball mouth action.
0: Uh, is that what but it is? Sh- they're, they're just watching up for kicks to the balls. That's all. All they yeah. do. Professional testicle watchers. It's a
3: it's a growing industry.
2: Good God. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll move away from balls, um, because this could have took a weird turn. Um, but Leanne, coming to you for the, I've put down sloppy front three here, but do do you think? the front three was a bit sloppy or do you think it was just Salah because you did mention you had another not a stinker but an off game shall we say
1: yeah i don't i don't think they were particularly fluid as they were last season obviously last year in the champions league our front three was electric and in the league you know the the telepathy between them uh, was was brilliant and it was kind of unstoppable for teams and defensive to to deal with, and I don't think we necessarily saw that tonight. But at the same time, we had Mane skinning Neymar, which was was great. Um, you know, we had uh, Firmino come on; he he gets the goal, does really well when he comes on. Sturridge, as we've said, had a good performance, and I think maybe his introduction kind of meant that we didn't have that telepathy because obviously um, Mane and Salah don't play with Sturridge as much. Yes, they train with him, but it's it's not quite the same when you're on that pitch as a three predominantly uh, with Firmino, you develop that partnership. And so when when one of you's gone, it it's obviously impeded slightly. Um, but yes, yeah, Salah had a poor game. I thought Mane had a good game. Uh, Sturridge had a good game. And so I don't think they were necessarily sloppy. I think it was just a case of a bit like Spurs. We weren't clinical enough. We were a little bit wasteful in front of goal um and so it could have we could have got three goals could have got well we did get three goals sorry that was a complete nightmare um (laughs) we could have got four goals we could have got five goals um and and the chances were there which is the main thing you want to see the team creating and if they weren't creating we would we would be talking about an issue here but um yeah I mean it's hard to talk about because obviously Firmino is the most crucial cog of that front three in many ways he kind of links it all together and so when you take him out of it, naturally there's not going to be the same vibe and energy to it. Um, but yeah, I think once Salah gets up to, to top speed, once we've got Firmino back fully starting on the pitch again, which hopefully should be at the weekend, then it should all be back to normal.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I can I can agree with all of that. Um, Ollie, coming to you... What 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 were your thoughts on on the front well the start in front three and then we'll come up, um, Bobby coming on in a bit what what did you think of well we touched on storage what did you think of Mane and Salah
3: thought Mane was really good really lively links with Robertson well uh, pressed the ball well another impressive performance thought like you said storage was good and I like Salah wasn't amazing but he wasn't it like, wasn't terrible I thought he was alright and we'll get we'll get on to the the equaliser and whatnot but yeah he does give the ball away. But when he gives the ball away, it's not like it's a back pass and he's put Mbappe one on one with the keeper. What he's done is give the ball away in a position where PSG have got three on five and Liverpool like there's a, there's a comedy of errors for the second goal. Um, so although I can understand why Salah going to be disappointed and why it's sort of tarnished, it's totally probably an average game into a poor game. I think he was all right. with that, I thought he positioned he picked him in a really good position to take the ball off some good passes from Trent, looked dangerous, just like obviously. But what, given last season. Whenever he has, sort of, even remotely an off day, it's sort of going microscope and looked at with sort of a Stern and Biden's, maybe some sort of other players when they have similar performances, but it's nothing that he's still linking well with those around him, uh, tracking back well, covering players, uh, you know, I'm, like, it wasn't great, but I'm not particularly concerned. Like I said, we'll get down to the last goal, uh, the equaliser. And I really don't think that, uh, all the blame should be pinned on him for that one.
2: Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, the highlights have just came back up on my telly, so I'm going to get another viewing of the of uh, their second goal, so I can I can analyze that a bit better. But um, Sam, I might as well ask you on on the other two members of the front three that that we're discussing now. What what, what did you make of um, of Mane and Salah? Do you think they're still trying to click together? Because there was there was a couple um, times where they, I'm not trying to. Stoke fires in this stupid, they don't like each other argument that's been going around on Twitter or whatever. But there was a couple times where they could have passed to each other. I'm thinking of that one where Mane um, takes a shot from a tight angle rather than past Salah. But what what did you make of both of them?
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not buying that. I think they get on like a house on fire, and I yeah. I just think it's healthy competition. Um, yeah, that that chance to Mane when he when he shot it from a really narrow angle. My initial thought was to square it, but when I saw the replay. He got closed down really quickly. You think it was Thiago Silva. So he didn't really have anywhere to go. So I think he did actually take the right option in the end. Um, I thought Mane and bursts was excellent. You know, he, he was actually trying really hard and he was managing to actually keep the ball pretty well. Um, whereas obviously our standards that we expect of Salah are ridiculously high now. So I would go as far as to say this is a stinker of a game for his standards. Um, I thought Salah gave the ball away poorly a number of times before the actual one that conceded the goal. He was really frustrating. He usually is excellent. You know, he, he sticks his ass out. He holds the ball up really well, and you no one can get the ball off him. But it was, it was strange today. He was getting pinched. The ball was pinched off him a number of times today. He wasn't quite himself. Um, and I think it kind of highlighted what Klopp thought of his performance when he, he basically pulled him off the field as soon as we conceded that equaliser mm. uh, due to his mistake. Uh, totally agree. There was a heck of a lot of work left to do before the goal actually still happened. Uh, there's a bit of bad defending in there and a bit of bad luck, to be fair, because uh, Van Dijk tried to recover the situation. He put a tackle in on Neymar, which then ricocheted off Neymar and went straight to Mbappe about 10 yards out. So. Um, it is a um, one of those things where a few things go wrong in quick succession, a bit like their first court, really. And um, it, it was one of those where I'm like, oh, well, but I, I don't know what it is this season. I'm not getting anywhere near as stressed out as I have been recently. Maybe it's because we've just won five in a row before today. <laughs> but I think today I just saw it as a kind of a bonus. I thought, great, we're playing PSG. One of the most exciting front lines. I was really hoping to see the full side out, Neymar, Mbappe, Cavani. And I was just like, let's just have some fun. Let's enjoy the game. It was going to be entertaining, especially when you saw the first 10 minutes of the game and you saw how lively their forwards were looking. So I, I was like 2-0 up and I thought, oh, we went to one ah, they might close back here. But I, I wasn't panicking because I know... It's it's a group stage. Even if we had drawn the game today, it wouldn't have been a big problem because I've got so much confidence in this Liverpool squad these days that I'm trying my best to just enjoy it because this is really rare what we're seeing. You know, this is a really, really exciting squad that we've now developed over the last three years. It's absolutely chalk and cheese. So I'm determined to enjoy every minute of it as much as I possibly can. And, you know... 3-2 Three two in the Champions League against PSG. It doesn't get much better, really, does it?
2: No, not really. Not really. It's all. It, I don't, this is going to sound silly, but it's almost better than if you like win comfortably. That so, like, last oh, minute goal yeah. means so much, doesn't it? It's uh, does. brilliant. It's brilliant, and. um Oli, I'll start with you then on their second goal because you've obviously touched on it and said it. Um, there was numerous errors, and having just watched it back, yeah, there was. <laughs> uh, but do you want to talk us through their second goal?
3: Yeah, so so, so Salah gives it away and it's poor. Um, but like I said before, it's not like we're suddenly outnumbered. And Neymar gets it and starts driving forward, and the, the midfielders just back off too much, given the fact that we've got a numerical advantage. One of them could go. Um, and I don't think either of them won the other cards. I think it was Miller and Henderson. I don't think any of the field got booked. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, I, 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 they could have gone to him and still had numbers back. Uh, no one backs off. Neymar sort of... He's a really good dribbler, so it's going to be hard to take the ball from any anyway, but it easy by the backing off. Then the pressure comes from that. PSG get me up in support and I'd have dragged around a bit. There's a little bubble through. Virgil eventually is the one who makes a challenge. It's a bit of a lazy flick. Um, am really... I can see why though, because he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to foul him because he's like two on two and it's inside the area. So either he goes, if he goes and commits, Neymar can either go past him and it's two on one with Mbappe and Gomez, or gets it to Mbappe, uh, or he fouls him and it should, probably should have been stopped before then. But even then, the sort of lazy flick I'm not too keen on because I don't think, I think the best case scenario is that you just about managed to get the ball, but I think there's more chance of something happening, like you don't get enough contacts and it bobbles through. Um, and then I think the only sort of player in the core. So you, looking at Salah can be better. I think the midfield are a bit slow to react and backed off to him. Van Dyke's either too slow to react or when he finally does react, it's a bit half-hearted. Um, and then he's a really good finish by Mbappé. I don't think you can pin any blame on Gomez. The wet ball presents itself to Mbappé. He's really kind of He shifts it onto his right foot and smacks it in the corner. Alison's not saving that, but yeah, I think you've got, you've got to blame Salah for giving the ball away, but even then it's about how, that'll happen a few times a game with any of the front three, like, it's about how you react to it, and I think the midfield could have done a little bit better. I think Virgil could have done a little bit better. And then, sort of, obviously, when you give chances like that to the best teenage talent in the world, he's going to put it away.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's fair. And um, Leanne, your thoughts on the goal? I mean, I think I came to you earlier when I uh, said we're kind of getting stuffed by our own um, goals of our own making against us. We we saw Allison's, um screw up. Is is this another one from Salah in a similar bracket?
1: I agree with Ollie. I think um, Salah obviously giving the ball away there is is frustrating, I think, but it's not like it's right on the edge of our area. Uh, where, you know, the goal is gaping or whatever and it's, it's completely down to Salah. I think he's spot on when he says Van Dijk could potentially have done better and in the midfield potentially could have done better. It's just one of those things. It's, it's frustrating that he's given the ball away. But uh, as I said earlier, there's enough sort of barricades there to stop or prevent PSG even getting in on goal. Um, but it just so happened, you know, when you've got someone of, of Neymar's quality and, and Mbappe, who is a, a sensation really, um, you know they're going to make the most of those chances. This is the level that we are at now against the big, big teams. You can't really afford to be giving it away. Um, so it, it was a little sloppy moment from Salah, who we've said, you know, didn't have his best game, and still waiting for him to get up to gear this season. But I think, yeah, it, it's just one of those things. You hope that Liverpool will work on it on the training ground. It was one of the the very few negatives of the game, um, and just sort of trying to guard against that complacency because when you are in competitions like the Champions League up against someone like PSG, on another day, this could have been a two-all and we would be looking at that goal saying that's completely preventable on on one or or two occasions when when Salah gets the ball, um, but also when Van Dijk and and Milner are trying to close down. So on this occasion, it it didn't matter for much, but again, it's it's just something hopefully we guard on in the future and we look at and, and we try to improve because... Overall, I thought we were very good defensively, and and Neymar didn't have a very good game, I thought, and Bappe was pretty quiet up until that goal. So, yes, it's just one of those moments...
2: Yeah, and just to add to that, the only time I noticed Cavani when he was clearing corners, um, that was about it, and and his failed attempt at a bicycle kick. Um, but yeah, I think overall the defence was pretty good throughout. I mean, a couple of, couple of moments in the game, but there's always moments in the game, isn't there? Let's be fair. And I haven't put this on the agenda, but Sam, um, we've obviously been talking about PSG throughout, and said the probably you wanted to see their front three, um come to Anfield and we just enjoyed the occasion because on paper they surely have one of the best in the world, but we had a a 19-year-old right-back who was a central midfielder a few years ago, and we've got a a left-back from Hull a couple of years, well, 18 months ago and they've just not pocketed, but nearly enough pocketed, two of the best forwards in the world
0: Yeah, totally agree, mate I I bloody love this back four Um, you know when Robertson first came into the team, I don't know if you remember, it was Moreno was actually playing pretty well. Your your boy Moreno uh, oh, wow. was, play, was playing pretty well at the time and he got an injury. And then that gave him the chance and he hasn't let go since. And I'm hoping it's going to be very much the same for Joe Gomez, as centre-back. You know, Lovren's had this strange injury um, and that's given him his chance finally to have a run of games as a centre-back. And I think Joe Gomez has been excellent there. But, um you know, Trent, Well, you said he's 19, yeah? He's, yeah. He's, he's such a talent. That guy is is a cracking footballer, isn't he? He's got everything. He's got absolutely everything you'd want in a player. So it, it's, it's so, so exciting to see those two guys with their absolutely immense delivery into the box. There's a few of the crosses they put in today, Robertson especially, were absolutely pinpoint. And we, we and and with uh, Trent with the other cross as well that meant that Sturridge should have be been leaving there today with at least two goals. Um, so it, it's it's so so exciting to see these guys as you said, guy a, a guy coming from Hull who we all didn't expect much of, thought he'd be a squad player, and a young Trent who we all thought was going to be more of an attacking player when he first came through, and it's it's just really really good now for the modern game to have someone like him in the right-back position, who's a proper footballer. You know, I thought Nathaniel Klein was a solid player for us, but lacking a lot when it came to the actual attacking third. Trent can do both, and I just think it gives us that little extra edge when we've got those two playing left and right. It, it really does then give the chance to the front three to really start to fire. And I think, you know, give us a few games now, we might start seeing the front three click as well, and then I think someone's in for a hiding. Fingers crossed, it'll be Southampton on the weekend.
2: Nah, save it for Chelsea. <laughs> uh, yeah, save Chelsea it for Chelsea. Chelsea away in the league, yeah. Yes. Lovely, lovely. Um, <clears throat> but I think, it, I think it's time we get to the moment, isn't it? And Ollie, I'm going to come to you first with it. I've written down in the agenda, just Bobby. <laughs> elongated, beautiful, love that guy, what a goal.
3: I mean, I think you, you've done pretty well to sum it up, up there yourself. It's just, you know, he comes off the bench doesn't look like he's going to be fit. Um, and, you know, I mean, who, who needs two eyes? I think, you know, it's, it's always been overrated. Like, Firmino proved before that he's not keen on them at all. There's no finishes and I suppose they'll work with one of the actors. Um, it was just a brilliant, brilliant goal. And like, I, it's quite funny because it's a pretty, pretty poor corner from Shakiri and it's a poor header from Firmino as well because he nods it and then Mbappe gives it away it gets it back and thinking, right, well, I'm not giving possession away again, so what other options? Uh, uh Sends about 17 defenders for a hot dog and then crashes <laughs> the ball back across into the corner and sparks mad scenes around Anfields and he manages to keep his cool to deliver one of the best celebrations that you'll see this decade. Um I mean, well, I, I don't want to get carried away in terms of going on all about it, so probably, like, keep my head, give some credit to Trent, made a really good run around the corner, but really, you've got to give all the credit. Like, you've, got, you've got to just hand it to Bobby, like, in a pressure situation, just as we we're looking to, just as like we throwing it away, to have the composure to what cut back on his left and then go back out on the right and then deliver such a really good finish into the corner, absolutely massive, brilliant goal.
2: Absolutely, and and Leon, how much do you love Bobby Firmino?
1: Yeah, I mean it, it was fantastic, wasn't it? Uh, I think as. as as Ollie said there, we weren't really expecting him to start. And then when we heard he wasn't starting, it was it was actually, was he going to come off the bench? Because when it's an eye injury and, and you're not necessarily in the starting 11, you would think that would kind of rule you out for the whole game. Um, but yeah, Liverpool, obviously, two all at the time. Bobby comes on and he makes a real difference. And that goal was, was fantastic. The celebration was fantastic. And it, it, it kind of showed in itself, it was evidence of just how crucial he is to Liverpool and this side. Everything goes through him. He's creative. He's defensive. He's dynamic. He's ruthless. Um, what a finish, by the way. Absolutely brilliant. And yeah, I mean, with one eye, God, what can he do with zero eyes? Like, it it's mad. Um, but but yeah, I thought he was fantastic. He he upped the the tempo. Obviously, I was speaking about how um how good storage was in terms of his pressing, but for me, you know, when he came on he, he did the same and he kept it up. And and yeah, I think he's he's so important and there's not one single player who I'd rather have as Liverpool's number nine, who would fit the system better than Firmino. And I think that that kind of says it all.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think someone mentioned, uh, I I said, can Liverpool please sign Mbappe and said, well, Cavani and and, um, Neymar wouldn't get. And I was like, well, if Bobby didn't exist, I wouldn't mind Cavani. But Bobby does exist and he's bloody brilliant. Um, Sam Firmino, love... How much?
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, he's awesome, isn't he? Uh, to answer Lian's question, how would he get on without any eyes? He'd get on pretty well because he scored about four no look goals last season, so I think he'd be all right. Um, yeah, it's bloody brilliant goal, wasn't it? You, you can't have a better way to win the game than a last minute winner with a with, with guy. I, I was listening to the radio on the way back. Uh, to, to do the pod just now. And I think it was Dean Saunders on the radio. And he said, uh, Bobby Firmino'd sent the three PSG defenders for a pie or something. And that, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. They, they just all fell for it. It was a brilliant dummy to be fair to the guy. But there was a load of work left to be done still after that. And he's just managed to find the bottom corner. It's so, so good. And, just just while we were chatting, I've, I've kind of stumbled across a clock quote on the BBC website, uh, just chatting about Sturridge and Firmino. And first of all, he's given some serious praise to Sturridge, saying he played a super game. I've never seen him as fit as he is in the moment. He was everywhere. He helped left and right, and he was in the box when he was needed. So that, that's really, really positive. But my favourite bit then, he, he goes, then you could bring up Bobby Firmino on and that helps a lot. I loved his goal celebration, and I just—I think that kind of just sums up the the feel good factor at Liverpool. That they just Klopp's celebrations have become a bit iconic recently, and obviously, Bobby Firmino's now are as well. And I think it's just—it's just a great bit of camaraderie and things at the club at this moment in time. Everyone is absolutely buzzing, and I think that you can see it in the players, you know, everyone's really happy for each other when someone scores and it's just so, so exciting. And I just think we're going to go on from strength to strength from here.
2: Yeah. I mean, I just love it. I mean, we mentioned the, the BS Salomane thing, but everyone loves everyone in this group. I think, I mean, it's, it's, it just looks like such a happy camp and I bloody love it and um, I think we'll finish up there on the pod so I'll cut I'll come to plugs um, Oli you got anything you're back in the game yeah I'm I'm part
3: of the I wrote something that you can see on my Twitter which is on underscore Emerson, uh, on our Champions League group and why we're going to piss it which I think has taken a nice start with the win tonight I've got something coming out later in the week which is a bit of a closer look at Steven Gerrard's start to management life with Rangers uh So hopefully people find that interesting. Spoken to a couple of Rangers fans for that. Uh And I think I'm on Rate Don't Hate on AI Pro on Sunday with Tom, because Adam's missing out, so he's asked me to do it. So if you subscribe, then be sure to get on that, because me and Tom love a bit of a debate. And if you don't subscribe, why not? So uh, get on that as well.
2: The founder person, the only other person who will argue more with Tom than Adam. That's That's pretty brilliant. It's, it's, so that's an idea. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, that that makes much, so much sense. But um, Leanne, do you want, got anything you want to plug?
1: Uh, yeah, I've got uh, obviously a match report for the PSG game will be coming out um either uh, probably tomorrow um and then Joe Gomez article just sort of how he's not put a foot wrong this season. I've uh, been really really impressed with him alongside Van Dyke. Um, if you wanted to go back a little bit more. There was, um, I did a piece on Dominic Selanke last week and how he's kind of got an uncertain future. There's a lot of ambiguity around him because he didn't get that uh, permanent move in the summer. He didn't even get a loan move. Rangers were interested. A lot of clubs were interested, but it didn't quite happen for him. And, and now it leaves him in a pretty precarious position in terms of the season. He's I think he's 21 now, so he's kind of getting to the point where he needs to be making some kind of move. But he looks so off compared to, you know, someone like Firmino. Um, but other than that, just make sure you check out the AI Writers Podcast. Obviously, I co-host that. If you've not heard my, um, my voice before, definitely check that out. Um, and if not, be sure to check out Rate Don't Hate. It's honestly a, a barrel of laughs, and I'm sure it will be with Ollie on. Now he's finally back writing.
3: I, I forgot to put, pl- I'm doing observations as well tonight. I'm just doing so much at the moment. Shock. But, um, <laughs> <don't> know, yeah. <laughs> so what, two articles
1: is. in the last, like, five months? <laughs> so, a bitchy. So, so bitchy. So bitchy. You're not allowed oh. to put that on the pod, you can't <laughs> swear. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: <laughs> I, I, can sw- I can bloody swear you've not heard any of my pods. Um, but, sub, <laughs> <laughs> do you want to give out your Twitter and stuff? I know you said you've been busy, so you haven't got much writing to do. Done.
0: Yeah, just, just one... <laughs> Plug AI Pro, mate, as well, because some of the stuff on there at the moment has been absolutely awesome. Uh, you know, the Kenny Dalglish thing, the, the King and AI, uh, Mob Beyond the Spot Pod, uh, AI Under Pressure is one of my faves as well, where they really go deep into the analysis of the games. So, yeah, I'd definitely subscribe to that if I was you. And um, if you want to have a chat about Liverpool at all, I'm on Twitter and I'm at Sambo Evans.
2: Good stuff and I'd hardly re- I'd highly recommend um following all of these the, the brilliant followers. And um yeah that that's been that's been the first Champions League podcast um and hopefully we continue in similar similar form, winning everything. Um but yeah, I, I've been your host, Guy Drinkle. Thanks for um thanks for listening and thanks for joining me, you free. Goodbye. Podcast Network.